Welcome to Café Chisme. I'm Franco, and I'm here with Vicky, Ivan, and Myra. Brew your coffee and join us in today's Chisme. Today's episode is going to be about the turning points in life. We're going to discuss some personal stories of transformation and what made us get to where we are today. Ooh, good topic. That's a good one. So it'll be a little bit personal, but with a little bit of chisme here and there. You got to give the chisme. Of course. So you know how it's really like. Of course, you don't get to your 30s without a little bit of chisme, right? Who's first? I'll go. So for me, turning points in life, I can tell you of three three main turning points in life for me. When it came to career changes, I studied music to be a music educator. And when I got out of school, I took a year off of teaching. Like I didn't even teach the first year. I worked in construction as an electrician. And then from that, I decided, you know, I don't want to do this. In the summertime, I don't want to do this. In the wintertime, I want to actually be like in a classroom setting and practice what I went to school for. So I went and taught for three years. At the same time, I got I was married to my ex-wife. We didn't things didn't work out. So we got divorced. And after we got divorced, I looked at my life 30 years from that point and said, do I continue teaching for 30 years and get pension or do I make a change now and completely change my life? Like I'm talking about being horribly in debt, like I had to move back in with my parents, like it was not a good situation. Um, and so after doing that, after moving back in with my parents, um, you know, mountains, mountains of debt, of personal debt, I decided to make a career change from teaching, something I studied, I went to school for, to I went to do operations for a gas company. Essentially, I just would work the night shift and I would monitor gas lines all across a certain area in North Texas. So it was completely different to what I've done. And it was a very scary thing to do. But I I see that that was definitely one turning point in my life, in my personal life and in my career life. And then moving on from there, after 2020, I decided to make another career change. So we're talking about this is 2019, 2016, yeah, 2016, 2017, 2018. I stopped teaching. 2019, I think I made the career change. Yeah, that's when I made the career change to the gas operations. In 2020, I changed over to the parking industry, which is what I currently do. And I've been in it for three years now. Just completely has nothing to do with wow with music and teaching yeah but it's cool because um well we'll get into it later as to why what i've done to embrace that but that's it on my career side and i've made more money now than i ever did as a teacher like shout out to all the teachers and educators out there y'all are heroes been on that side and i cannot tell you how underappreciated all of that all of the entire profession is um but that's on the career side, on the personal side. So we talked about my divorce. After that, I got depressed, like severely depressed. Um, so much so, I told my parents one day when I woke up, I was like, I don't want to be alive anymore. And they just looked at me like, well, we don't know what else to do. And I said, I don't know either. Obviously, I'm not going to go and unlive myself, but I'm not, I'm going to, I just need to find a solution. And so they encouraged me to go seek out uh, therapy, which I did. And I was in therapy for maybe like six months until I got back up on my feet and kind of kind of saw the world differently. Uh, at the same time, I was doing a lot of self, like personal development, like self-help books, listening to a lot of audio, anything like I was exploring everything. Philosoph- philosophies. Podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, different YouTube videos and i landed on a a couple of things that i remember now one is alan watts and his philosophy of taoism which is it's a east like eastern philosophy that he brought to the western world to kind of i guess modernize it or explain it better and just different way of living than your traditional judeo-christian upbringing like i had uh and then jim Rohn. jim Rohn is my mentor, even though he doesn't know it. Uh, but he he was definitely a big change in my life when it came to like development and how to live the best year of your life. 
look up that video if you can. I'll probably put the link in the description. Um, and then from that, it was just, so having that divorce, going through that self-development stage that I didn't because I was dating this girl for like 10 years before we got married. So my life never really changed. I was, it was always me and her until I was no longer me and her. That was me by myself for two years before, uh, before Vicky and I got together. But I was able to make that change for myself as a better person, um, because I couldn't, we would not be where we are, Vicky and I would not be where we are if, if I hadn't made that change. So, you know, getting out of debt, making sure that I was good emotionally, mentally. And then the last thing that I can say that happened most recently was a catalyst for change is losing my mom. Uh, my mom passing away was definitely a huge change in my life. And it's, it's been difficult. It's been it's been difficult some days, but I think overall I'm making it and moving forward. And um, it was definitely a huge thing that I had to do for my family that day. Uh, I could tell my dad was mentally not there. My siblings were were there emotionally for him, while I was there like logically for him. Right. So I made sure to take care of all the all the paperwork stuff. You know, making sure that. Um, that her life insurance came through, making sure that her uh, arrangement was done. That way we, whenever we, um, I don't know what the word is, the funeral arrangements, making sure that the funeral arrangements were taken care of, making sure that everything was taken care of, bills were paid, make sure my dad had an outline of the bills and how, how he could get all this stuff. And that was definitely a catalyst for changing my life because I realized how quickly my brain could flip from being this emotional person to just, shutting everything down just so that I could, whatever the vision, whatever the goal is, just so that I could get that done. And we're here today. I made it. Yeah, that's my story in a nutshell. Those are some great catalysts of change um, that you present. Um, I I can relate to the career path one. I know that for me, a huge catalyst of change was my first real job, we call it a real job because during college and before I did part-time jobs here and there. However, when I landed my first real job out of college, it was such a, um, I I went through a major transformation uh, because I was in an environment where I was forced to be, to, to transform. And I say that because I grew up in a small town, Northeast Texas, College was the biggest experience I had at, at, at that point. And so then I went to the, you know, I was working, I, I got my first job in Dallas, which was a huge difference. I had never lived in Dallas. I did it, made a huge mistake getting my first apartment in Dallas in the worst area. Uh, your girl did not know how to research safe areas um, in the neighborhood. There's a fun story there. Um, and Beyond that, though, like walking into the career world and into the corporate environment was just like a huge truck running over me. Looking back, like I had no idea what it was to, you know, to truly be a professional amongst other professionals. I had to learn that quickly. Um, You have to learn office politics. You need to learn how to communicate and not in the general sense, but how to communicate according to your line in the corporate world. So I was in the tax realm and there's different lingo and there is, there's a different way to be in that arena versus, you know, another corporate office in a different setting, say like a banking setting. They're completely different. Um, the way that you, you know, present yourself, who you, you know, who you, um, how you communicate to people and, you know, what decisions you make are pivotal. And so that was, that was, I would say the biggest one at a, at a young age. Um, and the way that it transformed me was that I learned how to act quickly on my feet, you know, um, I'm feeling sick. Oh, too bad. You have to show up like, and here's the best way to do it. Take care of yourself, you know, take care of yourself and don't get sick so that you can be there. Um, Because that's how corporate America was. I didn't realize, you know, that 
you know, what life, you know, work-life balance was. Nobody taught me that. Um, I would later find, and there's just so much there, but I would later find, like, I would say a good year and a half to two years later, I was looking for answers, and I finally came across a book called They Don't Teach Corporate in College, um, and this is by Alexandra Levitt. And this book, you know, would have been nice to have in college or prior to my first job um, because it really outlines a lot of details that are very helpful because it's true. You're, you don't learn corporate in college. What you learn in college is strictly from books or from a professor's um, plant, what's it called, like teaching plan? Curriculum. Curriculum, thank you. From their curriculum, which is very different from the corporate arena and what is expected of you, depending on which, you know, which industry you're in. So in the tax world, there's this line of professionalism that you must hold and the type of clients that you're working with are extremely different um, in, in terms of they have high expectations of you, you need to be quick on your feet, know exactly what you're talking about, um, there's a lot of competition there because everyone's trying to move up the ladder. Um, there's a lot of great perks, but if you don't know about them or you don't know how to use them, you kind of miss out on those things. Um, so I highly recommend that book to anyone, and you know, definitely one of those one of those times in life where it's like, if I could do it over, that would be a nice time to do over because I could have set myself up for success. Um, it would have been nice for someone in HR to really sit down with me or, you know, even before that, before, before that in college, someone to teach you and say, hey, this is how you review your benefits, by the way. Uh, this, is, this is what you need to know. This is the difference. This is the true difference between X, Y, and Z. Um, have, you should consider retirement. And this is why it's important to do it now while you're young, while, while it's early in your career. Don't wait until later. And, and here, let me help you understand all of this. Um, every, um, every corporate office will have an HR department, but I have yet to find an HR department that will dive into all the details to that extent. Um, because I think in general, they're just there to provide the information, but it's the understanding of the information that I, I had to learn kind of on the go through trial and error and definitely th mistakes were made, but um, all of that, all of those things, just all at one time was a lot. And uh, it's a blessing in disguise because after that, I knew what I was doing for the most part. I knew what to expect the next time around. So during my next shift, it wasn't so bad. Um, the second catalyst of change in my life would be um, when I came across um, a book called La Historia Que Te Cuentas. This is by an author named Paola Herrera, and in English it translates to The Story That You Tell Yourself. Um, I remember I ran across um, this woman on YouTube at a time in my life where I still had a lot of personal growth left, and I think I always will. <laughs> But at this point, when I, when I was listening to her and kind of her approach, it was very different for me. It was the first time I had heard that you could approach life in a way that you tell the story of your life to yourself. And so what this individual was, 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 was sharing was that if you perceive your life as a difficult life or as a life that in which you feel unfulfilled or you're not the happiest, or look, I'm doing this job, but it's not what I want to do. I'm probably never going to find that thing that I want to do. That is all negativity at the end of the day. And so when you, what you don't realize is that you are subconsciously telling yourself this story and this story does manifest itself. And so the idea is tell yourself a, a true story, a true positive story that you want to unfold in your life. And that will be what, what actually happens. Um, and I, at that moment I thought, Oh, easier said than done. But it's, but the reality is that it, it's, it holds a lot of truth. Uh, because if you think about it, you know, um, water absorbs energy. So if you, you know, there's, there's been research done that if you, 
if you talk to water in a very negative way, there's negativity in that water. Versus if you say a lot of positive things, you're going to get positive energy out of that. The cool thing about that is that also resonates in ourselves. And at that moment in my life, I chose to think of things differently. I remember before when it came to personal finances, I would, I would, I would hear myself say the words, oh, I can't do that, can't afford it this time. So there was the words can't and afford. And that's automatically a story that I was telling myself, and that's the t- story that I was creating. And I started to shift that to, okay, this cost X amount of dollars. We can make, a, make, we can make this work. Let's find a way. Automatically, the story changed. And then before you know it, or before I knew it, this was happening. I was paying for this item or this, this you know, experience or whatever the case may be um, as I was thinking it in my mind. And I've just used that same approach in pretty much everything else in my life because I get nothing out of being negative. Um, and something that my father once told me, which is very similar to this, is you know he told Franco and I one time we were visiting him. He just said, you know, if you do things in life with a bad attitude, it's like this universe conspires against you and it makes it worse on you. Like if you show up to work and you're just like, I hate this job. I hate this that it's Monday. Oh, that coworker that annoys me is just walking by again. And you're just like thinking negative, negative, negative. Then before you know it, you drop your coffee and then something happens with your food being there late. Like just these bad things happen. And he was telling us that's that negative energy. You're putting it out. The universe is throwing it back at you. But if you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm gonna have a great day. Like I'm gonna have a great day. I'm happy that, you know, I have a job. I'm happy that I'm, you know, I get another day to show up to work. I'm gonna make this another great day. It's like things, good things just start happening to you. You're like, oh, wow, like, Somebody, you know, somebody that I hadn't talked to said hi to me today. That was very nice of them. Or, oh my gosh, they didn't mess up my my coffee at Starbucks this morning. Great. Like, and it's just those positive things. And so, again, that's that's one of those um, points, those catalysts, what's it called? The, the catalyst of change um, in the personal side of my life. That probably went for too long. But. That's awesome. That's okay. yeah, yeah, that's you can good. snip this in. Oh, that's, good. Yeah. that's awesome. That's good. Well, I guess for me, I would say there's two, there's, there's a lot of them, right? But two really that I think stand out and that I feel like really made me have a different outlook on things. Um, I've, you know, just getting back. From college, coming back here, it's like, what do we do? So, I mean, I really just try to get a job anywhere. So, um, I remember I worked for an electricity company. Um, And I don't know, I guess I was just trying to find myself, really. Like, oh, okay, like, what is going to, like, what am I, my skill set, how can I put that into use? So... I did that. That didn't really work out for me. And there's a lot of things that I didn't really agree with that electricity company. Um, things that they were doing billing wise that I was like, nope, I don't like working for a company that will do that. Um, and I don't know, I, I started working for an insurance company. I would say that was my first real big job, I would say. At least I thought at that time coming back from college, you know, it sounds good. You know, Ivan, the auto insurance person, you know, um, but it was just very stressful because, you know, it was a sales type of environment and you have to meet a, a quota based on auto policies. Um, so the crappy thing is that it wasn't just based on what you did. It was based on what the entire location did. You know, I just found really quickly, like, you know, I'm not feeling this because like if I'm putting in all this effort, like for what, you know, if there's other peers that aren't delivering in that same way, so that causes the entire location not to hit their sales quota. Um, and I mean, it was just a frustrating time for me because I also butted heads with my manager um, and 
And it was kind of laid back too, because it was also depending on the amount of traffic that you got into that location. So you can only help clients if they walk in through that door. And I was always uh, the first little desk in front as soon as you come in. So I always try to get like the clients and try to help them. Um, so it's kind of like a tug of war trying to get these clients. Um, but a lot of the time, like we never hit the sales quota. So we didn't end up getting, I guess, the additional bonus that we would get in our pay. So I was supposed to get paid $13 an hour, but it was much less like because our site didn't meet. So I didn't get the full 13. Um, and I would, I would at, at the same time, like I'm over here trying to like, you know, pay bills, rent, uh, electricity, water, um, trying to take someone out on dates. <laughs> um, and I, I just, I wasn't able to, you know, like, it just wasn't feasible at all. Um, so I know Myra pushed me really hard and I think she saw how, how frustrating it was for me and, you know, just kind of seeing it all over and, you know, the work-life balance stuff, like, you know, I, t- I took it home, you know, uh, to the apartment. I took it, you know, whenever, uh, I would meet up with Myra, um, and we would go on dates and stuff and it would kind of show. So I wasn't really having as much fun. So she really pushed me. Um, she understood my worth. She knew how hard I would work. Um, and she pushed me to like, Hey, like check out some other things. So at the time, funny story, cause I, I was a contractor for a bank um, for a mortgage foreclosure. And oh my gosh, that job was like super frustrating. And the good thing is I was, I was a temp. So it was a like six month contract and I could decide at the end, like, or if they would choose me, I guess either, or, um, you know, if I wanted to keep the job, then I could. Um, but it was a foreclosure type of situation where I would be talking to clients where I would be telling them that their house was going to get foreclosed on. And I just felt terrible the entire time. Like it was miserable because there were, there were like single dads, single moms, like families, like, and I would be the one telling them, Hey, well, we're sending a officer, uh, to your location right now. Um, like you've been delinquent this much and, which our goal was to try to, if they were not as delinquent, help them try to like get a loan modification so to restructure their loan to where it would be manageable. But we weren't really helping them because it was just added to the rear like of their loan. So they're still going to pay it back. Um, so it was just like uh, that gig was a little bit uh, challenging, but it was six months. And then... Um, what did I do after that? I'm trying to think. Um, I ended up making my, uh, going directly through the bank website and applying directly versus going through like a, what's it like a temp company. And I got hired on straight up. Um, but <clears throat> I think that's where, like, I quickly learned, like, I, I, I guess through all those jobs that I've had, like I was, I did a lot of things like I, uh, did a prayer hotline where I would pray for people. Um, and this was in college. I was a lifeguard. I stuffed envelopes, um, you know, for this church, you know, and we would send it out to, um, I guess their, um, their audience or clients. Um, you know, I had done electricity. I shoot, I did construction. So I guess just over time, I appreciated all the jobs that I had. And like, as soon as I got that job, uh, at the bank, like as a permanent, um, I understood like the mission. Like I was like, I know how I want to handle this. I know, um, just because I've gone through that, I had a whole new appreciation of this opportunity. And I knew right off the bat what I wanted to do. And it was going to give me benefits. It was going to pay me really good money. Um, you know, as soon as I got into that training, um, I told my manager right away, hey, you know, I, I'm going to let you know right now, I'm going to be your best guy. And I'm going to work really hard, you know, to be the best top performing uh, banker here. 
And in return, you know, I asked, like, I'm trying to achieve great things and move on the ranks within the bank. And I was lucky to also have a good manager that was going to give me the exposure. Um, Six months in, I got that tap in the shoulder. And it's like, hey, come to my office. Um, You know, at this time, we're still dating. Myra and I are still dating. Um, But, you know, they were like, hey, we need you. You know, we you've been doing really well. Um, we would love if you accept. We'd love for you to travel um, and really teach others, other new hires, how to do the job that you're doing. And I'm like, man, six months in, and I was like, okay, well, let's do it. I mean, I talked with her, but uh, you were like, let's do it. So I got to do it. I got to travel. I got to uh, what threw me for a loop is in none of those prior jobs, I never had like any public speaking experience. I never had like presentation type skill set, nothing like that. So whenever I, uh, the first training group, I was used to like 15, 20, 25 people in that group. So I walk into this room and I'm thinking, oh, behind these doors is going to be 25 people. I open the door and there's 200 people like ready for training. And there's more of us. I mean, it was like, uh, there's 10 to 15 of us, but we had to go in there like a microphone. I've never like had a microphone in my hand and like talked to an audience of 200 people. Like it was a freaking seminar or something like that. Uh, so I was intimidated and like my anxiety, like immediately started kicking in. Um, but I was able to do it. I mean, I just kind of mustered up the courage to like, really just be confident in what I knew and showing them. And I think that's career wise. I think that helped me not just like in my career, like building my skill set, um, public speaking presentation, but I think it also helped me outside of work too, because I had a whole new perspective of things that I could do outside and in my personal life. Um, so, and also what you said, Vicky, is like the corporate, like no one teaches you corporate, the politics behind it. So, but um, no, no one teaches you the politics behind corporate. And I mean, it was a big eye opener for me, um, for sure, because I started uh, one of the big things that I do is I love observing people and I want to see like who's going where, why are they going to that office? What was their reaction after they came out of that office? Um, like, and it was just a broad where I was able to observe everything. And I think it just like helped my career like a lot. And I was able to really move up, um, within the bank. And now I'm fortunate and grateful to have been with that bank for over 10 years, um, and still going. And now I have other goals that I want to accomplish, but for sure, I, you know, financially, oh my gosh, that's done wonders, um, for my life, not just for me personally, but now my family, you know, the benefits of it, you know, being able to, um, have Myra stay at home with the kids. Um, so it was just awesome. I mean, um, I can't say enough. And that, that was a big moment. Um, the other, um, I would say turning point in my life was being a dad. Um, I mean, there's no manual for it. There's no instruction that comes with that baby on their back. And it says, hey, like, do this, this, and this. I mean, it was just like, okay, what do we do now? Like, and I had no idea, like, what it, what awaited, really. Um, I mean, the sleepless nights, um, uh, you know, how to deal with family, like, not just mine, but <laughs> Myra's family, Uh, being able to navigate those relationships, you know, it was definitely rocky, definitely rocky. Um, And it just took, I mean, unfortunately, it did take some run-ins with family. You want some cheese money? Here it is. Um, It did take a lot of run-ins, you know, disagreements um, where, you know, I think I could have handled situations a little bit better, but my immediate thought not having the experience behind it was he's, you know, my, my kid is my responsibility. I need to take it. And having that blind fold to help because like I, man, there's just so many things I could go back and do differently. But fortunately 
Um, I think, you know, we're in a lot uh, a better space now. Uh, I, the relationships I hope have been mended. Um, but, you know, it's just going through that whole experience as a, as a dad, um, you know, there's nothing that you, no books, no videos, no YouTube that can prepare. It's good for knowledge, but it's a whole different ball game whenever that baby is here. Um, and then you come into different perspectives, different views, different opinions, critiquing and do this, do that. So you're being pulled all directions and, you know, ultimately what you need to be confident is yourself like in and having that help from your significant other on how you're going to approach things and um i think that'll definitely uh be something that will help you along the way but um you know i would say that and now i'm definitely i'm just enjoying life like i'm enjoying life with the kids and um my family um you know now we're starting to do a lot more things and enjoy a lot more things with our families. Um, so we're definitely in, in a better space for sure. So that's, that's my, it's my cafe. <laughs> well, for me, um, professionally, when I graduated college, I kind of the, you know, my next job and it was my first like real job was related to my degree. So, and I enjoyed it and I loved it. So I stayed at that job for like 10 plus years. Um, And I loved it. I enjoyed it. And then a turning point that came in my life from there that was a little hard to navigate was, um, you know, Ivan and I got married and we wanted to have kids. Um, And so we, we got married, we started our family and our goal was to for me to stay home. Uh, we didn't want to send our kids to childcare, um, and then plus it was really expensive. Like I'm like I don't want to go to work just to pay for childcare. Um, so we had to really plan out because um, we also wanted a house. Um, we had to plan out based on what our goals were, what kind of house we were going to get. Um, how we were going to do it, like, you know, budget and plan um, to reach those goals. We had to plan accordingly. Um, And for two, like two and a half years, it was really hard because I had sometimes like, luckily my job was amazing and they let me bring Christian to work, but you don't get that, you know, like you don't get that everywhere. So that was one thing that we were super blessed with and like, my job was very understanding. And then on days that I couldn't get off or I had meetings, Yvonne had to get the days off and cover for me. Um, so that was, you know, challenging, but we got through it. We met our goals. Like we bought a house, we had Christian and I started staying home with him and it was totally new for me. It was like all I've ever known since I was like 18. I started working at 18. And then, you know, when I stopped working, I was like 32. And so it was hard. It was an adjustment because now I'm just like at home raising a baby, you know, and I miss talking to other adults and I miss, you know, socializing and um, I missed my job. I really enjoyed my job. Um, so like for the next six years now that are, you know, Christian is six now, um, we, I've kind of been, I felt like I've just been trying to like survive, you know, like on autopilot this whole time. Um, and I feel like finally I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, like enough is enough. Like I need to focus on myself. Um, there's so many things that I want to do, so many goals that I want to do. I want to like find myself again. Um, cause you do, you get lost in motherhood. Like you're so busy and the things that you enjoyed before, like simple things like getting ready every day, like to go to work and everything are harder now, but you find like little mom hacks, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you put the bouncer in the bathroom with you while you shower. And now that they're older, like, you know, they get their iPad while, you know, they sit on the bed while I get ready and shower. Like you just do what you have to do, um, to make that happen. Or 
I signed up for a gym that has childcare and you have to make time for yourself and prioritize yourself because you're not any good to anybody else, you know, and when you feel good and you're good, even just like, yes, you have to feed them first and all that. But if you're hungry and you haven't ate, like you're not going to be in a good mood. So you have to sometimes like put yourself first and, um, that way you can, you can take care of everybody. So that's where I'm currently at now. And I'm like barely starting out, like, you know, in this like new, like transformation of who I am now and myself now in my late thirties. Um, so it's been quite the journey, but we're getting there and I'm a work in progress, but now that I mean, I'm going to the gym, I'm getting myself ready, you know, a few times a week than I was before. Um, and just, um, we have other goals too, as a family that we're working on and we've got a good plan for that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much fine. (laughs) No, it's really cool. I think you said something important, like you're, you're, the, the change is happening now. And I think that we, we definitely talked about things that happened to us in the past, but we're, you know, always changing and always evolving. And through this change, we have to learn how to embrace it. Sometimes it's scary, right? So for anything that we've done in the past, at least for me, it's always been trial and error, you know, especially when I didn't know who I was. You're talking about finding yourself. I definitely had a moment in time where I had to find myself. I went to the movies by myself. I went to concerts by myself and I would see people that knew me and they're like, you're here by yourself. Like, yeah, I'm here by myself because I'm trying to figure out who I am. I'm trying to embrace change for myself. And if it meant saying no to going out with a friend because I wanted to read this audio book or I want to listen to this audio book or read this book or go to a concert by myself or go to a movie by myself. I think that was ultimately the right decision in my past so that I could be where I am today. And as we go through life, change is going to happen whether we want it or not. We have to learn how to embrace it and how to adapt to that. So don't, see change as a necessarily as a challenge even though it can be but welcome it because if you're un, if you're comfortably uncomfortable then you're never going to achieve change in your life you have to be uncomfortable uncomfortably comfortable when you're uncomfortably comfortable that's when you have to like get up and move once you've settled like a comfortable point in life you got to move that's what i've noticed in my life at least yeah, so you don't stay the same. Like you have to, you have to keep growing. Um, and to what you said, like I remember, I hated eating alone, or I hated doing things alone. And now I'm like, now you love I'm, eating. I do. <laughs> I'm in a good place now. I, I, it's like I don't know. I think it's part of growth too. You know, before like being able to just sit with your thoughts by yourself and eat lunch, or, you know, or go to the movies. Yeah, I think growth happens when you're going through the toughest times like you come out of that stronger um with a new lens knowing how to approach life and I think that's what happened to me is like you know there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to fall but um having that confidence in yourself to pick yourself up to understand like you know that we have to face things head on um I mean, that's going to make you stronger. Do you want to talk about some of the challenges during these um, pivots? (laughs) Did any of you guys experience challenges when you're trying to, you know, make make your transformations? Absolutely. I think, like, one of the challenges that I faced was deciding, you know, do I choose this? thing to focus on or do I choose this other thing to focus on and just having that decision of to me it was a a challenge because it was do I go and have fun or do I go and focus on myself and when you're trying to figure out who you are it's like which one do you do right what's the challenge there the other challenge is like do I want to be by myself or do I want to be with people and when you're alone 
and when you feel alone, and I think that's what it is, when you feel lonely, it's difficult to be by yourself. But I think we have to go through those things to get to a point where we're growing, where we're evolving, essentially. Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, sometimes you know what you want, but you don't know how to get there. And I think that's what, you know, is challenging. It's like, I want, you know, all these things. Or like an example was like going to the gym, but I'm like, who's going to watch Mila? Like, you know, all the other, the, all these gyms that I've seen don't have childcare. Do I want to leave her with strangers? Like, you know, and but you have to finally make those moves. You have to do your research and do what you need to do to get the things that you want. Do your research. That I can relate to that. <laughs> I'll tell you a little cheese man. When I first moved to Dallas, you know, I was this like bright eyed young recent, you know, college grad and I was so excited about this first job and you know, I'm over here balling on a budget so I'm trying to find my first apartment and your girl used google.com and I and I did type in the word cheap apartments in this area and that's what I got. <laughs> I mean, this was part of my pivotal moment. <laughs> I had no idea. I just thought, you know, I got to find something close to this office. You know, this is, I need to make sure I'm there. You guys, like, I received the job offer in the middle of a work week, and I was supposed to start the following Monday. So I had, I think I got it like Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That was, I had then until Monday morning to like pack my bags, find a place, move, like everything. Like, nobody told me. Thank goodness. I mean, I had my, my family back me up. I know my parents helped me with, like, the deposit and maybe, like, first month's rent. Because it was, it was rough. I was like, I had money saved, but like, I didn't even know it was that expensive in Dallas. I came from, like, $300, $400 month rent out in the boonies. <laughs> oh, that's gone now. <laughs> that doesn't that even exist absolutely now. absolutely <laughs> gone. Um, and I, you know, I just... It was astronomical to me. And my parents knew, obviously, they were like, okay, yeah, this, you think you're going to find, you know, we never rented. Like, I remember, like, my parents had their home, but I knew from other people, this is what they're paying. So I just assumed the same. Wrong. Um, and so when I, you know, I, I was so excited. I found a good deal, guys. Like, it was, I want to say it was like 800, guys. It was like 800 and something. It was not that great of a deal. You walked into like, eight is, mile. You're like, what a steal. Like, I know. thought I got a steal. I thought I was being super smart. Oh, my gosh. I got everything prepped. First day I move in. Like, I show up at the actual, first of all, don't go off of what Google pictures are. That's all fake, false. <laughs> You guys know if you know, you've been through it. But I, like, when I got there, I was like, am I at the right place? Like, this does not look the same. And I remember, you know, walked in, you know, that whole area was just shady. I remember that. Driving in, I stuck out like a sore thumb. And my first morning, Monday morning, I drive out to the car to, like, get to the office and there are literally screws under every single one of my tires to like for ready for me to back up kid you not oh, no. and that's when I was just like they know they know that I am just oblivious here I can't I'm not gonna make it very long and so that was one of my moments where I was just like everything's against me like I don't understand and I remember that my boss at the time she's so sweet um, she asked me out of nowhere, she was just asking everyone where, you know, so where did you, where did you move? And I told her, Oh, this area. And she's like, Oh no, you and I need to talk later. Like, that's not okay. And she was the one that actually like kind of, you know, put me in the know. She was like, look, I don't know, you know, did you, did you get any help? And I was like, no, I Googled and I found this place. So from that experience, I learned like there are apartment agents, they're free of charge to you. Um, these, these agents are available to anyone, you know, just let them know what you want, what you're looking for, you know, safety's first, you know, and I need to be within this budget, et cetera. I need to live in this area. And these individuals do all the work for you and they like legitimately will find available spaces instead of you just going out and setting yourself up for failure, because that's really what it was. I did end up breaking that lease and paying out. It was 
worth every penny to get out of there because it was it's not a good place to be at it was bad um and so from that it's like it, it did empower me after time you know once i learned that i was like never again am i googling my next home like i'll always use an agent then later i realized an agent will pay you out because technically they're referring you to a location so they'll either give you like now i have an agent that will pay 200 by venmo or cash app or they'll give you like 250 dollars in moving fees so you pick your choice after you sign your lease you get your money and i was just like you mean i could could have been paid to like find the next place so that was one of my early early experiences um where I just felt like things just didn't go right and you just I think what got me through it is just like learn learn from it and then you you realize that there's you know there's there's a way there's like this is the game of life there's you got to know how to play it and when I found out about that agent, like I just shared that with everybody now that I know, because I wish somebody would have told me. <laughs> so I wish someone would have said, hey, look, you, you could really benefit from this. Um, and that was, I mean, that's the one challenge that I can think of and how I overcame it. I was like, mine isn't really, my challenge uh, isn't as <laughs> very detailed as that. Mine was just really just surrounding myself with the right people. Like I think as you move through the phases in life, um, I had to cut ties with some people that, you know, I, I used to be a promoter for a club and obviously nothing good comes from that or at least good, um, friendships, I would say, or at least not serious friendships. But I just felt like I was being held back of my capabilities and things and goals. Um, so I just had to just kind of filter out my friendships and, you know, just keep the friendships that, um, like, I knew, like, they were serious about their goals and things. that. And I think it's, what's I, I've seen a lot of, like, uh, was it was a TikTok videos, I think. There's, there's this guy that says, um, there's this guy that says, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you your future type of thing. And I'm like, man, that's so true. But simple as that, simple as filtering out some of your friends and, you know, those that are serious. You know, through all these changes and everything, I think that the best thing that came out of it was the, my personal growth. I think through all these challenges and embracing change, personal growth was the ultimate result. And there are many lessons to be learned from that personal growth. But for me, the main one was loving myself so that I could love you. You know, if my cup wasn't filled, then how could I fill yours? And one thing that I, I remember telling you all the time is that I'm happy by myself. But when we're together, we're even happier together. You know, because we're not we're not taking happiness from each other. We're only adding to each other's happiness. And that for me was the biggest lesson and the biggest growth for myself. I didn't love myself for the longest of time. Being and you know, being depressed and trying to love yourself is such a, a challenge that when you finally overcome that and you start to love yourself, there's the it's limitless what you can achieve in this world for yourself and for others, right? Once I knew to, to love myself, like, Vicky and I were just like, it was like a done deal. Like, it didn't even matter because we we did hang out for a while before we started dating. We hung out for like a year or so before we started dating. And I was still growing through that time. Like, she saw me through that time where we wouldn't hang out. We, would, we went clubbing. And I was definitely not the best clubber at the time. I tried to keep up with the friends who were consuming adult beverages, and I could not keep up. I had to be dragged out of the club because I was passed out. Yeah. <laughs> you want cheese? There it is. Um, but, yeah, and, like, you know, through that time, through going from there to going, you know, going from that point in my life to going to, I love myself so much that I'm never going to let myself get that stupid ever again. Such a huge change. And I think I could say that you, that you've definitely seen that. Absolutely. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, once you find love for yourself, you can find true love like we did. And you now know that it's just about taking it one day at a time. 
there's no rush in finding who you are and loving yourself. It's a process. It's an ever-evolving process that sometimes you got to go back and refine a little bit. And that's okay. Yeah, I used to be so focused on like the future and the future and the future, but now I'm so excited for the present. Like I'm so excited to make those little moments count and just live in the moment and be present. I was going to say just really, you know, everyone has their growth in different ways, but believing in what your capabilities and understanding like there's no limitations um, with a plan. I would say for me is I had to, you know, really keep the friendships that were going to help me and get what I needed out of it as well. Um, and just really understanding, you know, I would just say what my goals are. I, I would just say just finding those new friendships and keeping those new friendships that um, I would be able to get the, we just had a lot, you know, in common about life um, and understanding what I'm capable of doing through my experiences and challenges and failures Um and just really having a plan on, you know, what those next steps are. And I continue, you know, growing each day. We're now in a different stage of life. Um, but there's now I have Myra where we definitely communicate uh, really well and, you know, what that's going to look like. So I'm just lucky to have Myra to help me navigate life. Aww. <laughs> Um, my huge takeaway with my turning points in life would have to be overcoming overcoming in general I think that running into like the setbacks even after you've you know recognized some turning points in life is what makes this journey called life fun interesting has allowed me to be the person I am today and I can only foresee myself growing more forward like into the future something that I've learned to do on the go is to be resourceful really learn from my mistakes learn from other people's mistakes preferably and um, share share that information I, I always try to leave people better than I find them um, and oftentimes I do that through just like words of wisdom or, hey, did, you know, let me let me share something that you may not know in general. And if you know it, great. And if not, even better. Right. Um, and I think that fills other people's cups. And at the same time, it allows me to, you know, kind of check in with myself and make sure that I'm that I did retain all the important information and that I truly, you know, understand all the important things in life. Um, and if you can share that with people, you're only better for it. So I think that's my, my takeaway from all my pivotal moments. And embracing change and, and learning lessons, how, how do you guys navigate the uncertain parts of change, right? So with change always comes, at least for me, it's always scary because you don't know what's next, right? I think... Going from teaching to a completely different career, gas operations, to now parking, the parking industry, every time I've had to make that jump, I've always been uncertain. And I think a lot of that came from self-doubt. For me, at least, it came from self-doubt and being unsure of myself. I think something that you said that was very important, like because of Myra, you're better, right? Because of Vicky, I'm better. She's, she's always telling me about the potential that she sees in me that I definitely don't see myself. I'm getting better at it, but I've always had a hard time with that myself. Um, and so navigating that uncertainty uncertainty is always a a little bit of a back and forth for me. It's like I want to do it. I want to dive into it, but I'm always afraid that I'm making the wrong choice because it doesn't impact me now. It impacts my family, both of us right now. And Dalek, 
because if I make a dumb change, then he's not going to have a house to live in. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, he needs a backyard, okay? It's always about Dalek. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So it's it's one of those things that for me, I'm 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 certain of what I currently have. And I'm uncertain that if I make a change, it'll be for the worst. And that's scary. But I think facing it head on, like you were talking about earlier, it that's the best way to face any kind of challenge and any kind of uncertainty. You're going to find out one way or another <laughs> if it's the right move or not. And so if you do it with a lot of self-doubt, I think it's you're going to be more resistant to it as opposed to welcoming the challenge. I think everything is a risk. So whenever you don't do anything about it, like there's always going to be like an unknown, like you're going to stay at a stage where it's going to be like, man, what if I would have done or faced this head on? Like you got nothing to lose and everything to gain, whether it's experience, knowledge, you name it. I mean, face it head forward. And I mean, yeah, you should trust the decisions and your knowledge because that's going to help you have an understanding of how to approach that. But everything's a risk. Like, I think that's how I view everything. Everything is a risk. Um, but just trust in yourself, trust in your capabilities. Um, something I like to do is um, face challenges, you know, anything with a positive attitude and with faith. I think that is helped me a lot. I win, I gain nothing and being negative up front, um, that is more than likely going to um, perceive the outcome. So the best I can do at the very beginning is to just be positive because at the very least, you know, we had a positive experience. <laughs> Regardless of the outcome, we'll have a positive experience. Um, and then with faith, it's you got to have a little bit of faith. Whatever you believe in, you got to have some faith. If it's not in something, it's in yourself. Um, if you if you start off not believing in, in yourself, you can't expect anyone else outside of that to believe in you. Um, so be your, you know, biggest fan. <laughs> and if you have to be that, you know, if you need that from, you know, from, for example, with us, like I, I'm your biggest fan. And I know you're my biggest fan and I got another fan in Dalek. So, you know, I'm great. I think if you look at it that way too, it's like be each other's like um, biggest fans, most positive individuals, um, because we've been through it, frankly, like we'll be doing something. And if I'm in a bad mood, guess what? We all have a bad day just because of that. That wasn't necessary. I could have just been positive about it. And that's what I do now. I try to be very positive about it. And at the very end of the day, you know, maybe things were miserable, but we had a fun time. We laughed the whole time. It was miserable. And that makes the world of a difference. Yeah, I think it's scary, but you have to trust the process. Um, and I'm glad that I get to do it with Yvonne because we are both like, I always tell him like, if we had to get two jobs or we had to do whatever it takes. Like we're both really hardworking and we're not like, it's not like beneath us, you know, like we will do what we need to do. And I mean, anything I tell them, like, no matter what it is, if we have to sell our house and live in this tiny apartment, as long as we're together, like we're going to get through it. We're not scared of that at all. You know, we have each other, we have our family, you know, if we got to make the decision to downsize at any point, I mean, we're prepared for it. And I think we've gone through so many things of like unknown and uncertainty. I'm like, and like God has literally gotten us yeah, through. hundred percent. Any last tidbits to leave our audience? Life will throw you curveballs. I mean, just be ready for it. Face it head on. I think, you know, if when you have those pivotal moments in life, you're going to feel it. You're just going to know. And think about the end game. Think about what it's going to be like. You're typically, you know, most times you're going to be better off after those, you know, trans transformative moments. So embrace that if, you know, if anything to get you through the challenges, through some of the setbacks and just, you know, it'll be worth it. It's always worth it in the end. Trust in yourself. You have more skills than you give yourself credit for. 
you're capable and if you really want it like you you can have it well thank you guys for joining us in this week's long episode (laughs) 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 thank you guys for listening to our chisme in this week's long episode and we see you guys next time